I know someone who continues to have health challenges. Sometimes it gets really old listening to their commentary. Help me to help them. Whether it's health challenges, whether it's emotional challenges, whether it's just the stuff that our life is made of. As friends, as family members, as colleagues, as when, when we keep hearing the same things from people, it becomes very difficult. It becomes difficult because on the one hand we want to help them, but it also becomes difficult because as the listener, we feel like we're in a helpless situation. That there's nothing we can do, that nothing is making any change. And actually, this is where it's really important to understand that as our role as a listener, our role as a friend, it's not the role of someone to fix others. If you think back to a time when you've shared problems that you're facing with someone else, whether they are emotional problems, whether it's relationship problems, whether it's health problems, what do you want from the people you're sharing it with? You want somebody to listen. You want love. You want some compassion. You want someone to say, Oh no, that must be so difficult. Someone who's really there with you. I come back almost every night back to the importance of connection. And that's really what we're craving. We're not going to our friends to solve our problems. We're not going to our colleagues or going to our family members to, to solve the problems. Something happened at work, you go home at the end of the day, you tell your spouse, you tell a parent, you don't want them to solve it. I remember being a kid and I'd come home from school and you'd tell your parents about something that happened at school that was troubling and my mom would say, I'll come in tomorrow, I'll tell them. They, and you'd think, no, 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 no. It's the last thing that you want. Nobody wants their mom to show up at school and fix things. You just want them to, to listen. When you're young and it's a parent, you want that they take you in the lap and it's okay and here's that connection, here's that love. As we grow and the people we share with become our friends, our colleagues, again, we're not looking to them to fix if a friend or a colleague comes in and is having a struggle with a spouse or a struggle with their child, they're not looking to us to say, ah, here's the answer. And the way that you know that is, people think about it. They're the ones thinking about it 24 hours a day. They're the ones living and breathing this problem. You can be very sure that before they've come to talk to you, They've thought about it a hundred times. It's very unlikely there's going to be something you're going to say that they haven't already thought of. 
What they want is connection and compassion and just that someone's there with them. And the same thing is true when it's a health challenge. When somebody's struggling, initially our instinct, of course, is to say, oh, you should see this doctor, you should take these vitamins, you should get this treatment, you should be sure not to do this. And then the challenge continues. And we run out of solutions. We run out of helpful information to give them. And so as we watch them continue to suffer as they keep coming to us, it's very difficult on two levels. On the one hand, we don't want to see them suffer. On the other hand, we don't have anything to offer them. And so it makes us feel frustrated. But this is where the misunderstanding is, because they're not coming to us for answers. That's what they've got doctors for. These days, that's what you've got the internet for. They're not coming to you to say, to which vitamin do you think I should be taking? To what do you think is the best treatment for this? They're coming to us for connection, for love, for compassion. And for us to remember that our mere presence in connection with them, in compassion with them, is what they need. And in many ways, that actually has a huge impact on their physical health as well. We were talking either last night or the night before about the role of our inner life, our spiritual life, our emotional life, our thoughts on, on our physical health. So literally to bring someone joy, it's not just about distracting them from the health challenge. It actually may be the very best that you can do to help them along the way with their health challenge. So don't worry. Don't feel like you are the fixer or you have to be the fixer and oh my God, I, I can't fix them. Just understand that they're coming to you for love, for connection. And if you can keep giving that, A, it helps them, and B, what you find is you benefit. Because whatever we're sharing out is being manufactured inside. If I'm, if I'm angry and I'm shouting, where was that anger factory? I didn't, I didn't buy it off a shelf and swallow it and now I've got anger. It's welled up inside me, my mind. And then, of course, my physical body. My blood pressure, my heart, my endocrine system, my digestive system, all of that. I mean, because anger, of course, takes our whole body. Stomach clenches, blood pressure rises, everything happens. So I'm the anger manufacturer, which means when I get angry at you, I may be angry at you for something you did, but the first recipient of that anger is me. And so we have to be really careful about what emotions we're manufacturing. We may think it's for someone. Well, it was that person who made me angry. 
Well, they may have done something that you didn't like, sure. But that doesn't mean that your anger factory has to now go into overdrive, poisoning yourself. There's a, a beautiful quotation, I don't know who said it, but a beautiful quotation that says, getting angry at someone else is like drinking poison and expecting that someone else will die. I shout at you thinking that somehow this is going to change you. Or I'm killing myself. But on the flip side of it, if what I know you need is just love and compassion because I'm not a doctor, I don't have the answer to your health problems, or I don't know how to fix your marriage, or I don't know what to do with your unruly children or your sick children or your inability to have children, whatever the problem you're facing that you've come to me for, well, I don't know how to solve that. And you knew that, but you came to me anyway, which means that what you're needing from me is not the medical advice that you could get on the internet or that you could get much better from a doctor. What you're needing from me is just love and compassion. And so, for me to be able to really help you, I have to then become the manufacturing plant of love and compassion. So yes, it helps you, but I'm again the first beneficiary of it. So it's not that I'm doing this just for you and it's a struggle. It's actually a beautiful spiritual practice. This is why Compassion is emphasized in all of the world's religions, all of the world's spiritual traditions. It's not just that our world needs compassion. Of course, the world does. But as a spiritual teaching, it's given because we need to become compassion manufacturing plants. It's not so much, what is my compassion going to do for you? It's, What is my compassion going to do for me? And by teaching people to have compassion for the world around them, it turns on that factory inside. And so, yes, I may help the world. Beautiful bonus. But long before I get to the world, that compassion is being manufactured in me. So don't feel frustrated. Don't feel annoyed. Just recognize that a person coming to you with the same problems over and over again is just an opportunity for you to cultivate compassion, an opportunity for you to become a compassion manufacturing factory inside. And If it benefits them, fantastic, it will. But the first beneficiary of that is you.